Hey everybody, I'm Cheryl Pickens. Jonathan Udoka. And you have caught us here at Iron Monk, and this is our podcast, and it is called Our Town. What are we talking about in our podcast, Jonathan? Today we have Bryson Baker, Jay Bryson Baker that is. Appreciate that. Uh, from Stillwater, Oklahoma, originally. Founder of Everyman and lots of other cool stuff here in town and uh, here to chat with us. Yeah, thanks for we're, having me. We're gonna dig deep into what got you started with the Everyman concept and how it has grown from whatever that beginning idea was. We wanna talk about some of the people that you engaged to help you make it happen. Okay. Uh, we wanna hear some of the things that uh, you stumbled on because we all know that failing helps us get better faster and so if anybody Absolutely. if anybody's even watching uh, we want to give some encouragement to sure. what uh, <laughs> what you two people can do uh, given the right encouragement so tell us sure. a little bit about how you started the concept of every minute yeah well I, you know I was working at OSU and I've always kind of just been passionate about what every man is now. So passionate about kind of menswear, coffee, um, barbering, and alcohol. And I'm just passionate about those four things. And uh, working at OSU, I was kind of blessed with the opportunity to kind of build a business. So I was really starting to understand kind of the inner workings of running um, a business. And uh, over the years, I just kind of toyed around with it. And then I think it was 2014, 2013, 14, just over some beers at our kitchen table that looks much like this. And I just said, man, I really, you know, life is too short. You get to do this one time. Why don't I open up a place that encapsulates all those things that I like? Um, the other kind of foundational tenet to the idea was give back and helping to support or starting our own mentorship program for young boys. I, I didn't grow up with a, with a dad in, in my life. And, uh, uh, and so I know how important that is. I have a son now, and it's just critical that young boys have strong male influence in their life. So that was the idea. That was the idea then, and it remains the idea um, now. And so that was the idea, to open up an establishment that elevated menswear, barbering, coffee, alcohol, with this kind of tenant of giving. Okay. Wonderful. Two questions on that. So okay. first, in kind of hashing out this idea, did anyone tell you about the internet? <laughs> uh, you're from Stillwater, but not living in Stillwater now. Why do retail at all, and why do retail in Stillwater? Yeah, good question. So uh, at the at the time, you know, I was I was living in Stillwater. Um, so you know, I didn't move to Oklahoma City till 16. So I was in Stillwater during that time. Um, yeah. So people use the internet for everything, right? Like I uh, I get my dog food delivered. Um, so why? And so from the very beginning, the idea of the concept was to be experiential, to be um, about what the ambiance is, what the experience is, what the experience is for the customer when they come in. And so um, we knew you could buy a suit online. How could we make that process different, better at every man? We knew you could buy coffee online, you could buy coffee at Starbucks. How could we make what we did different? And so then it just be became as we started planning it, okay, we want to do all these things. How do we do them differently? So in all of those categories, we're not into alcohol yet, hopefully soon, um, but in all those categories, we just operate differently. And so um, that's kind of our, our differentiator when you kind of look to online. You can pretty much source any of the, the physical, tangible things we sell online. Um, we're successful because of the experience we deliver. So that yeah, actually answers the did, question. It did. One yeah. part. That's one right. part. Okay. What was the second part? Still one. Still one. Oh, so why still one? Yeah. 
So Stillwater is my hometown. Um, even though I live in Oklahoma City right now, I'm, I'm here all the time. I'm invested in this community. Uh, my friend group is here. Um, the people that I'm closest to are here. Um, I saw a family that lives here. So uh, it made sense to be in my hometown. Um, living in Oklahoma City, honestly, has just kind of put fuel on that fire because uh, just honestly, there's a lot of cool stuff in Oklahoma City. Really cool stuff. Just seeing what exists there yes, might yes. have an application here. Absolutely. And people, you know, go from Stillwater to Oklahoma City for those kind of free dollars to spend on entertainment, food, and experiential things. And so I, living in Oklahoma City, loving Stillwater, I just want to bring that here. So, yeah. Yeah, and save some of those dollars for the Stillwater retail right. community. Right. And, and you employ people. So sure. that gives more back to the community so 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 speak to the services that you have going right now at every man okay um you know when you say services i just kind of think of barbering you okay. know right now we have six barbers that work for us and you know our, our team is really kind of a testament to this vision for every man because and some people might think this as a drawback but most of our staff doesn't live in silver most of our team doesn't live in Stillwater. Almost all of our barbers commute in from the city. Um, our full-time coffee guy commutes in from downtown Oklahoma City. But people so believe in the Everyman concept and Stillwater that they're willing to drive an hour every day. So that means a ton to me um, that they're willing to do that. Um, but when you talk about services, I think about our barbers first and foremost. Um, I think Stillwater has a very elevating barbering presence. We're doing more and more. Um, in that area. It's kind of popular right now, so there's a lot of people kind of dipping their toes into the barbering experience. So what's, the difference, what's the difference between barbering and getting a haircut? Because there's lots of places where you can get a haircut. Yeah, so uh, historically the difference between maybe a barber and maybe the cosmetologist that you're used to cutting your hair is the straight razor. That's the significant difference. Sometimes it's easy for people to misconstrue the gender aspect of it and think that the barbering is for men, cosmetology is for women, but that's really not the case. Uh, I'm transparently not a barber, but I am a student of barbering and I've probably sat in more barber chairs than anybody in this town. I'm constantly researching. And uh, barbering generally just means that you legally can hold a straight razor. So, right. you know, our thing at Everyman is we only employ barbers. So we can cut women's hair, but we really want to focus in on the male aspect of grooming. And so um, barbering, yeah, straight razor, really specializing in providing services surrounding the straight razor. So all of our haircuts come with, you know, a hot towel and a straight razor neck shave. Um, and then we really put a lot of effort behind providing an exceptional experience in our shaves, our beard trims, and things of that nature. So we have a, a good kind of potpourri of services. One that we just added this year we call a disaster facial. It's, I think you've heard about this. So um, we have this great company in New Zealand called Triumph and Disaster. They make the best products uh, for men's grooming needs and we built a facial around their product assortment called the Disaster Facial. So it's about an hour and 10 minute burly pampering for a guy. That's the best way I can describe That's it. good. So, but we're always kind of tweaking, we're always experimenting. You know, if you go into any barbershop, which I've been into many, they always have their product line. Like this is our, you know, pomade, this is our product, it's the best. And then I go into a barbershop in Dallas and it's, oh, well we have this product, it's the best. And then I go into a great shop in Oklahoma City and this product's the best. Well, not every product can be the best. So right. it leads me to believe that maybe there's a right product for your hair type 
and maybe there's multiple products that could work well with you. So our approach at Everyman is exploratory. We're constantly bringing in new products for our clientele to try. We want them to explore, find something they like, and just, yeah, explore. So you mentioned facials for men. Uh, sounds new to me. Yeah. Uh, so how much of what you do takes education of the community, and how do you approach that? Yeah, so, you know, we have an opportunity definitely with what we're doing to, to educate uh, the customer, not only with barbering, but with suiting as well, with what we do with coffee. Um, there's definitely an educational threshold there we need to pass, but um, I don't know. I think we, we have to do it through storytelling. We do it through social media. We do it through how we describe our services. Um, but part of it is you just have to experience it, you know? And so, um, you know, you look at maybe a standard thing like a haircut. So, in Stillwater, the average price for a haircut is $18 for a guy. Just your standard haircut, 18 bucks. You know, at Everyman, we're not the most expensive in town, but we're $25. So we're $7 more than maybe you would spend at a mass chain, right? Well, what's the difference? I think the best way to know what the difference is is to, to just dig deep into your pockets and spend that $7 one time. One time. One time. And then generally what we found is once you do that, you see the value of number one, supporting local. Number two, supporting a, uh, uh, somebody who's going to invest back into Stillwater. Number three, just spoiling yourself. You know, our regular haircut's about 35 minutes. You know, your average haircut, if you go into maybe a mass chain location, is about 12 minutes, right? Really taking our time, really high-impact barbers that work for us, just try it. That's great. And, and for the ladies who are interested, you can give a gift card. Yeah. And so if you want to give a, a fella kind of a treat sure you know because i probably don't don't need a shave no, you do. <laughs> sure. okay. and, that, and that's part of it too you know when you're shopping a lot of our clientele is women mm -hmm. buying for the guys in their life and sometimes it's hard to buy for guys and so the idea of doing something experiential like that is it's a good investment of money right yeah. Yeah. very good now let's talk about the suiting you mentioned so yeah. it's, it's not going to be just walk in pull it off the rack what if it doesn't fit do you tailor what how do, how do we yeah. get it fit i hope not yeah you know suiting is suiting's tough right because the idea is you know I, I like to talk about suits like tires right tires are all generally black they're all round they're all rubber they all go on a car they all do the same thing but if you've ever bought tires you know you can spend $50 a tire or $350 a tire. So what's the difference? And with tires, I think we know, like this tire is gonna last longer. It's get better, gets better mileage, it has better performance. It can be used in a bunch of different ways. But with other things, especially I found with men in suiting, they think, well, a tire is a tire, a tire. It's not. So one of the things that we really specialize in is just telling a good story about good, better, best, bestest. You know, we're, we know we're not going to sell a thousand, a two thousand dollar suit to somebody who needs a suit and is on a hundred fifty dollar budget. So, you know, retailers generally skew towards one extreme. We're super custom, or we have the budget option. We do both. So, when that guy comes in, we want to educate them and show them the difference. And we literally will take the time to walk them through and show them this is what a synthetic material looks like. This is a very nice wool. This is a better wool. This is what custom can do for you. And then just whatever their budget is, that's what we make work. And then it's just a matter of fitting them well and tailoring it. So, um, we get suits in all the time that we tailor that haven't been purchased from us, um, which is fine, but generally we can save guys money if they'll start with us and we can fit them correctly there and then go. tailor from there. So 
Um, it's just uh, education, coming into a specialty suiting store where that's just what we do and being able to really put you in something that fits your body the best. So on that note of fitting, I'm very basic, very, I know like You're not my jean size, my, you know, I can just order, I know XL fits, I know okay. XL. 40 long, yeah. whatever, yeah. And then, you know, that, you know, I don't understand females sizes at all. Neither do we. I don't either. <laughs> We've got inches and, you know, so what's an example of how a suit should fit? I mean, don't go through the whole thing, but what do you mean when you say you're fitting a suit? I can't just yeah. grab an XL and... Yeah, so, so off the rack, I want to separate maybe off the rack and custom. So if I'm doing custom, you know, right now I'm working on two custom suits. When I'm doing custom, I'm having a sit-down consultation with the client. We're gathering a host of measurements, somewhere between 30 and 55 measurements. I'm taking pictures, I'm measuring shoulder slope, and we're picking out every minute detail about that suit. What the stitches look like, what the width of the, the lapel is, I mean, everything we're picking out. I want to separate that from off the rack. Like if you're coming in shopping, you know, off the rack. Suits are generally just sized one way by chest. So whatever your chest measurement is, that's your suit size. So if you're a 46, are you 46? 48? 48. 48, okay. So 48, then that's your chest measurement, that's your suit size, okay? There's also different lengths. We won't go down that rabbit hole, but generally speaking, you're a 48, okay? All suits come nested at a six drop. All that means is you take a 48, you take six away and they come with a 42 trouser. So the way all suits are sized, chest, and then you have a drop that gives you your trouser, okay? What I'm looking for when I put you in the suit, and I'll just, I'll just walk you down, I'll walk you down. So what, what you're looking for is a couple things. I always start at the top. You know, that shoulder area, you really want just a straight line from where that lapel starts at the neck down to the shoulders. If it dimples at the top, it's too tight. If it dimples at the bottom down the arm, it's too big. As we move down the coat, we would want the lapel to accommodate the chest so it's not pulling away. Sometimes you'll see guys wearing a suit and they have this big V. I call it the V of doom and it's just too tight at this closure button. And then length, you know, guys struggle with length, but if you have a coat that's too long, it makes the entire suit look too big. You really want a suit to fit you somewhere to allow about a quarter to a half inch of shirt cuff to pop out. and that makes it look like it fits correctly. So there's a bunch of different things, there's a couple, but you really just wanna make sure you're going to somebody you can trust. You know, there's a difference in going to every man where we walk you through it and put you in things and just kind of dress you down and maybe going into a store where you're just guessing and you grab something off the rack, look at it in the mirror, come out and show mom and you're like, does this look okay? Who knows? Yeah. Well, mom doesn't know what to look for. Most of the time, mom. Yeah. Most of the time. Whoever you're traveling with. You can you can tell, I think, if it's too tight. But I think you'll settle, women too, you'll settle for too big. Because at least it's not too tight. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I want to go back in time a little bit. But as a segue, uh, alcohols in the future, give me the perfect old-fashioned recipe. <laughs> the perfect old Bonus, no extra charge. You know, there, there's so many people, bourbon is popular right now, you know that. Uh, and there's just so many people experimenting with it. I've gotten some old fashions that were packed up with accoutrement, like a like a Bloody Mary with bacons and stuff. I uh, I approach an old fashioned like I do kissing, right? Keep it simple, stupid, right? So a good bourbon, I'm kind of on a rye kick. Good bourbon, uh, I like using an actual sugar cube. I like it. Uh, a muddled cherry in there with some citrus, uh, and uh, that's good. That's good for me. Love it. Maybe some simple syrup in there. Simple. Yeah, yeah. 
So you talked about sitting around a table like this, yep. talking about every man. What uh, what was the difference between that talk and the first step, and kind of what helped make that push? Um, that's a good question. I think that uh, I've always been surrounded, I think, by a lot of thoughtful people who wanted to do, who wanted to create. Um, both of you guys are like that. Um, and, and I think that's encouraging to be around and it's also motivating, right? And so I kind of had this idea and as I had this idea, I started studying more about how to open a business, start a business. And when you go down that entrepreneurial rabbit hole, you realize there's a lot of voices out there. And uh, there's, there was a lot of voices I was discovering that were doing really cool things. And I, I had stumbled upon this, uh, and I forget the name of it, it escapes me now, but this business in Toronto, Canada. Uh, I'm actually going to Toronto this summer and I wanna check them out. But they are a men's store that makes their own clothing and they have a barbershop. And I thought to myself, wow, that's kind of my idea, but just half of it. But I said, if they're already that far along in 2013, what's my idea, right? And so I always had this idea in the back of my head that somebody else was gonna have my idea and do it faster. And that was kind of, you know, the kerosene on the fire to just get me to start. And so uh, having the idea, I just thought, okay, how do we start? So I got out my laptop and I opened up a document on my computer and I decided I'm just gonna be intentional about accomplishing at least just one thing a day. And that first day I opened up my laptop, I opened a Word document and I typed out like what every man is. And it was just a simple, every man is a retail concept surrounding alcohol, um, coffee, barbering, menswear with a, a give back component. And that was day one. Nice. And then you just worked at making those things happen. You just started researching where to get um, yes. stock. Yes. What kind of coffee you're going to do. Right. What types of uh, uh, supplies you need for the store itself. Yes. Yeah. What you're wrestling with right now is that's the issue, right? Because you go down, you just go down that rabbit hole, and it can be so overwhelming. You know, one of the first things I came to, you will appreciate this. One of the first things I came to was, well, what is a business legally? No, what is it? And then I started researching about LLCs and S corps and, and it, you know, and so then I thought, okay, what's an LLC? And I would spend a day and just research that. And then that would lead me down the rabbit hole of, okay, in Oklahoma, how do you form an LLC? So, I mean, I, I didn't allow myself to be blinded by the grand vision. Um, I was just tried to be laser focused on what can I actually do today with a young son, uh, you know, I, my wife wasn't, was ill at the time, a sick wife, uh, a young son, working a job, what can I actually do today? And yeah, a lot of research, you know, how, you know, coffee, but what about the cups? How do you get to-go cups? How do you get your logo onto those cups? How do you get a logo? Who can make that? You know, it just, and so I just, every time I had a question, I'd type it in, and as I was able, I'd answer it. It's a very granular step-by-step. -step. Yeah, do yeah. you have any partners? Anybody you said, hey, I need your help, you do this? Besides maybe you know, family I, or? Uh, you know, my brother is very entrepreneurial, um, for sure. Uh, I'm a little, maybe more outside the box than him. He He's a numbers machine, so he was very helpful there. Uh, but a lot of people, you know, Jonathan has been a great sounding board for me. I have some people um, close in my world. I kind of have a group of uh, Christian entrepreneurs, as it were, that I meet with once a week and bounce ideas off. So uh, the wife, excellent at bringing me down from the clouds <laughs> and trying to focus what I'm trying to get across. So, uh, yeah, it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be authentic of me to say that this was 
just my effort. <laughs> and what's the, take us down the path. What was, the, how long to, to the first sale and then how, how did you get to where you are today and then what's next? Yeah, funny, st- so the, the our, our first, our beginnings are so humble, you know, I, hey, tangent, can I go on a tangent? Yeah. Please do. Tangent. Thanksgiving, uh, we were having a Thanksgiving dinner with my wife's family. And she has a grandma, we call her Grammy. Grammy. And Grammy kind of freelances maybe as a realtor of sorts. And so we get done with Thanksgiving. It could have been Christmas. Let's go with Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, she said, will you drive me around Edmond? I'm looking for a a commercial property for some client. And um, I said, yeah, I'll drive you around. And so I get in Grammy's car and I'm driving her around and it's cold. So when we get to one of those big signs, I get out and take a picture and we go on and we go around for an hour, hour and a half. Never think anything of it. Uh, in the meantime, planning every man on my laptop as much as you can plan a business. And uh, one day I get this check in the mail from Grammy for $1,000. That's big money, $1,000. And love Grammy, but I was 100% certain it was a mistake. <laughs> and so I called Grammy and I said, hey, you sent me $1,000. I just want to let you know I'm voiding the check. I'm disposing of it. Don't worry about it. And she said, no, 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 don't do that. She said, remember like six months ago when you drove me around? I was like, yeah. She was like, I closed the deal on one of the properties you found. And she said, I just wanted to help you out. Right? Aww, that was nice. Grammy. And, yeah, I know. And so uh, we used that $1,000 that we weren't expecting um, to buy our first um, shipment of ties and dress-ons. Oh, um, my God. We didn't have any place to sell them. Uh, I, at the time, I was getting my haircut at Downtown Barbershop here in Stillwater, and so I asked the owner there, Randall, hey, you've got a showcase here. Can I put my stuff in it and sell neckties and shirts or neckties and socks? And he, he, you know, lovingly allowed me to do that. And I remember, you know, we prior to that, we had done the homework to figure out what POS system and that kind of thing we were getting. And I remember the first time that we, we had the app set up to make a money sound whenever we made a sale. <laughs> yeah, and I remember the first time we sold it, I think we were selling the ties for $13 and we made a sale and it popped up and it was like thirteen twenty-five because we had figured out the tax thing or whatever it was. And we, oh man, oh, <laughs> exciting. oh. yeah, when we heard that Tashine, we knew we, we had succeeded, right? So uh, that was kind of the lead up to our first sale from there. We just tried to be intentional. A lot of things going on in, in our personal lives with you know uh, our, our son and my wife's health and me trying to build this other business at OSU and so we grew slowly eventually moved to a children's store Butterbean and then we moved into Vita or Pearl Junkie a women's store Vita Grace a women's store none of these made sense but they're what we could afford to do. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of women were there. Yeah it, it worked it worked we were able to kind of add slowly other product categories and then finally in 2016, Avon um, was going out of business. And we had, for a year before that, just been going into every business in town, introducing ourselves to the owners, trying to see what could be coming available. And when it came available, we reached out to the owner and uh, they said, no, we will not rent it to you. We've never heard of you, uh, but we will take an application. And they were actually taking applications to fill that space. And so we put an application, told them what we were about, what we were trying to do. and. We went from $300 a month that we were paying and signed a lease for about $15. Now it's $2,000 a month, which was terrifying. Scary. And uh, that's where we are today. Woo-hoo. So we opened in fall of 2016. So what is that? Three years? Wow. Three years. Yeah. Cheers. Three years. Yeah. Nuts. So yeah, yeah. that was okay, the start. Any time along this way, 
you know, maybe not now, but in those early days where you, you just thought, well, maybe I am crazy, or well, maybe now is not the time. With all these other things going on in my life, maybe I should just put this on hold. You know, were you ever, in, you know, encouraged by anybody in your family that you're crazy? Uh, and not your family, your friends. Does anybody say, what are you doing? Sure. Don't jeopardize everything. You know, I don't think... I, I well, if you're the one that said that, he's already forgotten about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blessed with I'm blessed with a lot of encouragement for sure, um, and I don't want to give the impression that we haven't made mistakes because we have. But I had a lot of people encouraging me. It helps when the there's that money sound coming from your uh, phone, right? and people that are actually helps. Yeah. you know. I mean, I think that's the the good thing. I think that's what's good about capitalism right it's it, it's altruistic like i have to provide a product or a service that you're willing or you're willing to get into your wallet and actually give me money for and so that i could spend on something else absolutely or with somebody else yeah or with somebody else do something so, else with that 16 dollars. Uh, yeah and so um, along the way there was a lot of encouragement there was a lot of tough conversations rachel like i mentioned before she is the voice of reason for me and for me you know me very well you know me kind of for sure i i live in the cloud sometimes and sometimes it's hard for me to come back to a little bit more objectiveness and so um, Rachel had to have some hard conversations with me. She still has to have hard conversations with me. Um, but I need that. Well, sure. I, you have to have that sure. kind of balance. So, well, and it yeah. seems to work. It's not that you're being squashed all the time. It no. seems if you'll just slow down one second yes. and look at this, yes. then we'll yeah. go over there yes. or up there or wherever That's you know, exactly your right. thoughts take you. Yeah. So do you have any concrete example of a time that just something just completely didn't work? <laughs> uh, many, many, many. Um, you know, I've taken, I would probably maybe put it into two groups. Maybe I've taken risks on people, and I've taken risks on, I've taken risks on people and products and probably marketing. That in hindsight is probably not an investment. You know, I've invested in product lines that the Stillwater community just didn't want. Didn't want. Didn't want. Um, and that hurts, right? That hurts. Um, I've invested in people um, who just weren't right for our team. You know, um, they might be right for me as a friend. Like anybody who's worked for me, I still love you. Um, but maybe just didn't work out for our team. And then um, how we spend marketing dollars. You know, definitely have made some boo boos there and, and sending dollars away from the company that really never came back. Um, I'm thinking of. Let me see if I can give you something more concrete. Uh, Rachel reminds me of this, and she is 100 right. I brought in this line which I love called Psycho Bunny. Name Psycho of it, it's called Psycho Bunny. They've been making uh, menswear for a long time. Very, very high quality. Very high quality. Uh, and I thought, man, what a great opportunity to bring that into the guys in Stillwater. Awesome. Brought the line in, and it very quickly became apparent that the price point was just too high. You know, some of their polos were $150, right? Just didn't really work. See, gotcha. see gotcha. that visceral reaction. <laughs> so just totally didn't work. And their logo is a bunny that that at a glance looks eerily similar to the Playboy bunny. So A, my wife's not buying it for me. Correct. And yes, I, uh, yes. Yeah. So um, that was definitely definitely not not a good move. You know, I uh, I always talk about, especially menswear and accessories, as investing into your wardrobe. So when we first opened, we really only have premium brands. That's it. Yeah. You know, our average price on a piece, uh, on maybe an outerwear piece, was maybe 80 to 150 dollars average. Um, and over the past three years, um, 
we've really adjusted to the market in Stillwater. And, you know, we carry a rack or two of premium menswear. And then we have some great kind of entry-level price points. So our average sale price on like a button-up shirt, or a Henley, this one, this Henley I'm wearing right now is like $19. So we've really driven that price down, which is tough because a lot of people look at every man as expensive. A lot of them still do because of those first year and a half. Because we were. We were. Do you get a lot of college students? We That part of our market is growing. Um, You know, I teach on campus part-time, and we are still widely unknown with the student population. We are pretty active with the business school, and we partner with some of the different classes that do kind of market research and studies. And as part of that, they do surveys. And the last survey we had, they interviewed 100 students on campus. And of the 100, I think 52 had heard of us, which is great because they they did the same thing in the fall of 2016. Eight. There you go. I've heard of us. So we're growing, but that yeah. still tells me that half of college students have never even heard of us. So um, we're getting there. Word of mouth spreads. So it's good. It's good. It's good. Well, what's next? What's next? Alcohol. <laughs> yeah. So do you see that at the, at the coffee bar? So we, you know, we've had kind of this, this big vision from the beginning um, that I kind of described earlier. And uh, a lot of people, I don't think, realize, you know, what we do at the 713 space at our current location is very much proof of concept. Um, the people closest to me always hear me talk about it as proof of concept, but I don't think the public generally, or at least people who know every man, know that. Like, that that was never supposed to be our finished product. It's just proof of. And so um, we're in the early process right now of moving and developing a new, pro- uh, new property at 615 South Main that would take us from about 1,800 square feet to um, 10,000 square feet. And that's terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. And, but it, it, it's it's the result of a lot of work and kind of an insistency to grow slow and thoughtfully. And so we're in the early process of that. We really want to create a dynamic, um, the quintessential third place. If you're not at work or church, you're where you at, right? And so we really are, are being thoughtful about it. We've been planning it for five years. Um, and uh, we really think we're going to create something special for the communicate, communicate the community um, that really elevates alcohol, coffee, menswear, barbering. We're really taking a slight pivot to really make it more family-friendly and to really cater to women as well. Um, as part of this build-out, we will be rebranding. Um, we'll continue with the Everyman name, but our logo and how we refer to ourselves might be different. No, um, so we will kind of be ready to really invite the community in. So I was actually just earlier today meeting with uh, one of our subcontractors that's bidding out some of the work on this space. And I said, I want to create a spot where dad can come in and get a whiskey sour, mom comes in and gets her latte, little Sally comes in and gets her chai latte, right? And they all go sit at a table together and play candy. <laughs> like that's what I'm trying that's to create. It. That's yeah. that's, that's been the intention from the beginning to create that type of kind of place. So that that's what we're yeah. moving towards. Don't know if it'll happen. Didn't know if anything that has happened so far would happen. But yeah. just trusting the process. Well, a bit of a tangent or looping back around to an earlier question. Yeah. We still have the internet, and Oklahoma City is still cooler. Yeah. Uh, this this is awesome as far as making Stillwater a cool place. But what went into was there any struggle in deciding, do I expand here, do I expand somewhere else, and, and what, what ultimately kind of has informed that? I think there's a need for this type of concept everywhere. 
So maybe long-term, long-term plans, we have some, some thoughts that we'd like to pursue, but Stillwater seems ripe um, for this type of concept. Uh, Oklahoma City does everything we do well at a, at a more micro scale. So you go into Oklahoma City and boy, there's a lot of great barbershops, there's a lot of great bars, there's a lot of great menswear stores, there's a lot of great coffee shops. Um, admittedly, there's none that bring them all together, but if you're in Oklahoma City, you can experience elevated things in that. Well, and they're, and they're closely located that you can do yes. one, two, and three on your way home. Absolutely. But Stillwater, the way it's designed is you'd have to go here to there to there. Yes, so, or there's just not an or option. Or they're not here, yeah. yeah. So, you know, in all four of those areas, we're just operating differently, and it makes sense to do it in Stillwater. Gotcha. It's my hometown, too. It just makes sense. Uh, we definitely want to serve this community. Um, you know, it's, it's exciting to be in Stillwater right now. There's a lot going on, but you know, one of the things I always, I think you, you've heard me say this, but you know, people, a lot of people are moving to Oklahoma City. They just made another top 10 list, but one of the reasons they're moving there is because of the experiential, right? Generally speaking, you don't hear a lot of people say, you know, man, I can't wait to move to this town because they got a new Texas Roadhouse, right? Love Texas Roadhouse, by the way. That butter is amazing. But it, it has to be more than that. There has to be things within our community that are different, that are unique, uh, that are locally operated, um, and that are independently owned. And so I don't think Stillwater has enough of that, which to me makes it a prime time location to, to grow our efforts. So we definitely want to take them outside of Stillwater, but boy, it would be special to have Stillwater as the, the home base. So yeah. And you'd mentioned about giving back. So tell sure. us that component of your business. So right now, admittedly, it's very superficial. So what we do now is we highlight about five to six different give back partners is what we call them on our website. Um, we help promote them via social media. Um, we do provide a little sweat equity there. So different times of year, we do different things. So um, there's a, a great organization called the Mentoring Project in Oklahoma City. And uh, I personally volunteer my time with those guys. Um, there's a, a great organization in Los Angeles called Create Now, and they use art to mentor the young boys. And we do, uh, about this time of year, we do a, a drive for them to bring socks to some of those boys. Um, the Movember Foundation, we're trying to get more and more behind that with our annual beard and mustache competition. So we highlight them, we raise money. Each one of those organizations, we give a small amount back to every month. Our commitment is to them, and I. I, I've talked to all of those directors of those organizations. Our commitment is to do that forever until we're out of business. If we can grow that, awesome. So right now, it, to me, it's very superficial. We do put in some sweat equity. We certainly give back monetarily, um, but it doesn't have the impact that I hope to have in the future. The idea from the beginning was that we would eventually launch our own nonprofit. So uh, maybe about a year into the launch of our new location, we do have plans to launch what, what we're calling Every Young Man. Which is, which is a nonprofit mentorship program that'll be really just laser focused starting out in Stillwater and aimed at boys that are in that maybe middle, late middle school, junior high age that don't have dads or strong male influence at, at home. And that's what it'll be focused on. So, um, you know, sometimes people ask me like, what's your grand vision? Honestly, my grand vision is to just every day work on every young man. But all of this other stuff with every man is kind of a means to it. You know, in all those categories we operate in, I'm not the best at, right? We have the best barbers. I think we have some of the best coffee mines. Um, and I want to elevate all them in those areas. And, and I want to focus on, on the mentorship piece because that's what that's what means the most to me. Very good. And and I think you're going to get a lot of people rallying behind you. Uh, then that will say, well, I'll come buy a cup of coffee because I know what your end goal is. Sure. 
Well, I want to dig a little bit into that, and I don't want to get too too controversial or anything. Okay. I don't think we're there, but what does it mean in this kind of climate you know, where masculinity sometimes is not celebrated? <laughs> what does it mean? What's the drive behind mentoring boys and having that male influence, and uh, how is that a net positive? Yeah, I think. You're, you're trying to go there, so we'll, you know. Uh, it, it's not it's it's not a something you can argue with to say that the the traditional family structure in America is, is being kind of torn apart a little bit. If you look at statistics about uh, about children who are in a home setting without a father, it, the graph looks like this. If you take into account other subcategories like African American boys, it's like this, right? So, um, in relation to not having dads, and so statistically, what we're seeing is more and more boys don't have dads in the home. Uh, there's a host of statistics surrounding what impact that has in the development of the young boys. I'll tell you from my perspective. You know, I didn't grow up with strong male influence when it came to. Let's start with like dumb things, shape, right? Like I didn't know how to shape. YouTube taught me how to shape, how to tie a tie, right? Um, puberty, right? Dating, um, you know, I did not have, I did not have that foundational expectation of maybe how to tackle the dating, right? And you know, I don't want to get into worldview. Everybody has a different worldview, right? But uh, the way that I think maybe we treat women in today's society, I think it's a direct reflection sometimes of a lack of masculinity in the upbringing. I didn't know how to treat women. I struggled with it, made lots of mistakes, you know, and, you know, by the grace of God and with some strong uh, individuals in my life, you know, I, I'm in a better place, but from my perspective, you know, not having a dad in my world just really set me up for some substantial failure, especially relationships especially relationally. So um, I just think the vision for every young man has the opportunity to really step in and address some of those issues. So things like dumb things, like burly things, like how do you change a tire? How do you change an oil? How does a car work, right? Um, how to tie a tie, how to shave, and then really dig a little bit deeper and go into how we ought to be treating women. What does courtship look like? Talk about you know the pervasiveness of things like pornography and the impact that has, especially on young men's minds. Yeah. And I just think that from my experience, a program like that, my mom could have put me in and would have would have been critically important to me. So it shortened your learning curve. Definitely. Yeah, saved a little pain. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Awesome. All right. Well, this has been an absolute delight visiting with you, and I've known you for a while, but I learned some things today. Maybe you learned a thing or two from him as well. So we're so glad that you guys tuned in. Uh, I'm Cheryl Pickens. Jonathan Yudoka. And we'll see you again on Our Town.